because your story is for you your journey is for you and whatever your dream is if you're going to follow it <laughs> i mean i say see it through you know if you put the work in you will be fruitful hey everybody i'm elise real and i'm isha bell and this is full-time black women a community for black professional women to live laugh grow and feel the soul so what are we talking about today elise Today's topic is advancing through adversity with guest Quay. Yes. Ooh, she's back, y'all. She's yes. back like she never lived. <laughs> <laughs> we are so happy to have you, Quay. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. For the, I'm those happy to be here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just said I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having oh. me. Um, for those of you who don't remember, Quay is actually the co-host of College Grad Marriage Dropout Podcast. If you haven't already, go check out the two-part episode that we had with both herself and her co-host, Rini, on pivoting after a divorce. But Quay has such an extraordinary story that we definitely wanted to bring her back to discuss some more things on the professional side of life. So we're so happy to have her back. Absolutely. So let's dive right on into this bio and get into the interview. So Quay is the mother of three wonderful children. She is the founder of College Grad Marriage Dropout, as Isha so eloquently said just then. And she is also a certified registered nurse practitioner, specializing in family practice and infectious disease. Clap up to that. That is amazing because we need more Black NPs. Yes, more Black providers necessary. Yes. So Quay was born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA. She absolutely loves being a nurse practitioner and she was a registered nurse for years and recently transitioned into her new role as NP. She says the transition has been challenging, but amazing so far. Wow. Thank you, Quay, for joining us today. Are you excited? Are you ready? I am ready. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) You see the sound? I'm super excited. Yes. Yes. Just cheese. Just (laughs) cheese. Well, we are so ready to get into her story and, you know, to be a highlight and maybe even just the light that another full-time Black woman needs to keep pushing to get to where she wants to be. But we're going to get into her uh, interview after this commercial break. I am so tired of going to the grocery store. I I love it most times, but I just don't want to be around everybody. I just want to relax. I want to make this easy for me. So I I really think we should all be on Instacart. I think that's the way. I mean, that makes sense. But hey, you ain't got to be out here saving the world, sis. You just <laughs> save you. That's what you right? need to do. All right. Unplug for not only the social media, but also the rat uh, race out there in the grocery stores. Preach. Go ahead and click on that link. Fulltimeblackroom.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. And you too will be able to get your groceries delivered to your friend. Oh, boo. Yes, get it in your robe with your slippers on when you're buying it without anybody gotten thing, got things to say about you. Shop. Yes, <laughs> get your food in shop, your bonnet. Yeah, Shopping shop your bonnet, <laughs> sis. Okay, live in your right. freedom. And not only that, save you some coins too. Cause we ain't trying to be no Burkisha, no funds. Right. When you shop on Instacart, you are able to get access to the coupons and the deals that they highlight every single day. Click on the link for fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. Right. They get all the latest and greatest best products from multiple stores available just for you. They highlight all the deals. They make suggestions for you on things that you might want to try. Just go ahead and do it. Click on the link in the show notes, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash to get your free delivery on your first order over $35. Yeah, when you get that free deliver on your first order over 35 hours, it help us here at Full-Time Black Women Podcast to continue to bring you some self-care and everything else that we can to make your life a little bit easier. Click on the link, fulltimeblackwomen.com forward slash Instacart floor slash. We are back. All right. You guys already know what time it is. But we can go ahead and get started with those stats for that ass. Hey, stats for that ass. Hey, we bringing hey, you hey, the facts hey, with some stats for that ass. Quay and Elise. Yeah. This stat is fairly interesting, but we're going to jump on top of it. A survey conducted by the Gallup Center on Black Voices mm-hmm. between November 6th 
and December 1st, 2020, found that Black women are less likely to feel they are treated with respect in the workplace. They also feel less likely to uh, be a valued member of their team and that their coworkers treat everyone else fairly. Now, this is all of our personal stories. Yes. <laughs> but I definitely want to bring it in um, to today's episode since we're talking about advancing through adversity because, Quay, you and I have had conversations and we all three of us have had conversations of just how trying and challenging it has been, yes. especially being an ambitious Black woman in whatever field, but particularly in areas where they don't see you. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to welcome you. So what's your guys' uh, feedback on those stats? I think those stats are very true. Mm -hmm. Like 150% true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I totally agree with that. I have experienced it. I've talked about it with other Black women. Um, It's part of what this show is based on, why Mm -hmm. it came to be. So, yes, I I think without a doubt, this is a true stat. I don't even think we needed stats to figure that out, honestly. Yeah. So it's um, it's a shame that as time progress, as time progresses, we still have to say these things and we're still saying these things about um, how we feel in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But um, Thankfully, a lot of us hasn't haven't let it deter us from advancing. A lot of us um, have not let it beat us down completely. And for those where it became too much, they either moved on and moved up or they they were they managed to excel in spite of and despite whatever was coming their way. And I think that's the fantastic story that we need to tell more often. Yes. I agree. We need to tell it until someone listens. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yes. the reason why we're still talking about it. Right. Yes, because we're talking about it, but who's hearing us? Exactly. So hopefully you all can hear Quay as we get into her story. With Absolutely. You all. So without further ado, Quay, could you share with us how you got started on your journey to advancing through adversity to reaching your goal of becoming a nurse practitioner? Oh, God, it has been quite a journey. Um. I honestly, I never set out to be a nurse. And sometimes I think, you know, we have a path that's for us. We just don't know how, how we're going to get there and what it's going to take to get there. Once Mm -hmm. you reach there, it's just, it's amazing. And I feel like my journey is like a testimony because I had been through a lot. Um, I want to say the reason I ended up being a nurse, I did AmeriCorps VISTA some years ago. And I went to South Africa. We went to Durban, South Africa. And um, we met some families. And I met this guy who had bone cancer. And um, he lived out in a rural part. And um, when I got there, so I think I told you guys before that I sing. And um, when I got she there. She don't sing. Correction. She, she sang. sang. <laughs> it's a difference. Girl, it's a difference. Stop. You sang. I ain't never heard you sing in my life. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, the guy had bone cancer and all I could do at that point was sing for him. Mm. And um, for me, singing was a relief. It was my my connection to my creator. And being that all I could do was sing, I I was like, oh, God, there has to be more because I couldn't relieve his pain. I couldn't like advocate for him to have pain medicine or to get him what he needed to Mm -hmm. get through his journey. So anyway, when I got back to the U.S., my uncle was sick mm. and I was like, oh, like what's going on? You know, and he ended up dying of prostate cancer. Mm. Mm. Now, he was a black man who got missed in the system. You know, he went to the hospital several times and no one was advocating for him. Nope. Yeah. You know, and I watched my grandmother pass away. <laughs> cancer. Could it have been detected earlier? Yeah, she got a partial hysterectomy and they left something in there mm. that was cancerous and she passed away, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I tried to do everything else. I started out at Penn State in architectural engineering, ended up in psych. I came to Pitt. I was like, I'm going to go to law school. Let me just figure out what I want to do. Like I have random degrees just because I was trying to figure out my way, but I was like a first generation college, college student. So um, anyway... I ended up going to get my MBA and then a stock stock market crashed in 2008. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? Yeah. And at that point I was a new mom. 
And <laughs> I needed to figure out something that was going to sustain me. And a little birdie came to me. I was like, you should go to nursing school. I think you would make a great nurse. And I was like, oh, no. You know, blood and guts is not for everybody. <laughs> but nursing is not all blood and guts. You right. know, it's a lot of shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> not blood and guts. Right. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was a challenge. I went to um, Shadyside School of Nursing. And I did that as a single mother. And I mean, it was rough going to clinical, trying to find someone to help me with child care. And I mean, I promise you, they pledge you through nursing school. Mm-hmm. Like it was my bad, not pledge. They haze you in nursing school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, it was a great learning experience. And school for me prior to that had come pretty easy. Like I've mm-hmm. always been a nerd, but nursing school was a whole different thing. It was one of those things you couldn't like fake it till you make it or write mm-hmm. a bullshit ass paper. You had to know your shit because, you know, someone's life would hang in the balance. And, yep. you, know, you know, it was a scary thing. And when I entered nursing school, there were only three other black students in my class. And by the end, there were only two of us left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going through nursing school was a struggle because, you know, starting there, you're as a black woman you're made to feel like you don't belong there because nursing school for, for me and nursing in general was like a white girls club. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And I wasn't invited. And when Not I had, group project, yeah, right, right. When I had group projects, you know, people don't want to work with you. Mm, and I was mm. facing this whole, you know, just growing up being a nerd, right. Mm-hmm. You face this for me. I was in like, um, advanced classes, but you know, I would still be the only black girl there. Yeah. So I had this inferiority complex that I was facing. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to be here? No one looks like me. Do I belong here? Am I smart enough to be here? And I faced that through nursing school. Like I remember time and time again, you know, I had to deal with the mess from my instructors watching me extra hard because that's a black girl over there. She might really fuck up versus like, you know, just trying to learn. And I mean, it was so many layers. Like I couldn't just go to school and learn. It was like, I had to face the racism, the condescending comments. Like the, it was, it was just a lot. I remember even sitting in, um, nursing, I want to say like a cardiology class. And my instructor came up with this whole story about hypertension in black people. And she stated like, you know, the reason so many, Black people have hypertension is because those of the black people who um, survived the slave ship trip must have had extra sodium receptors. Receptors. What? Listen, listen. So you, you see what you're saying? Because that's, that's my face. We're not human. We're just something right. else. Right, right, right. But she was saying that we retained salt more because we were so dehydrated on the ship. Mm hmm. Oh, right. Geez. Okay. And and just, you know, it was just so I stopped her and I, I said, So I'm sorry, did you get this from a scholarly source? She's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I heard it on the radio. Oh, see no. And no, you're no, not no. people. Nope. Right. Nope. So, so me being the only black girl in the class again, I said, excuse me. I said, I don't think it's appropriate for you to tell the rest of the white girls in the class something like that because they walk into a room with a black patient. You know, something bad could happen. Somebody might spend it, you know? And I mean, but that was my, that was my journey throughout nursing school. Like I faced, I had to face all the stereotypes, you know, everything. So when I finally graduated and became a nurse, that was like wonderful because the NCLEX was crazy and I was always stressed out, but thank God I passed on my first try. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, But after that, you know, I started my journey as a nurse. And again, you know, I'm not just a nurse when I was, you know, when I first started, I was the black nurse. You can't mm-hmm. just be who you are. You, you know, they see my skin. Yes, so like yes. any, any question I had was met with scrutiny. Anytime I was like, um, given report, I was questioned. Like, are you sure you're sure? Like, are you, are you sure that's what you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, it, but it makes like, you doubt yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And even when it came up for time for like promotions, like my first year of nursing, I got an award and um, I got the award 
And another white nurse came to me and she told me, she's like, I didn't think you deserved that. How so? How sweet? She said, because I nominated someone else was another white girl, you know, and um, I was like, oh, okay. She said, but I do see that you have your master's because like right when I went, I started to work on my master's because I seen what I was facing and what I've learned from going to like schools like Penn State and Pitt as a black woman, you have to be twice as nice as your counterpart. Mm -hmm. No one's even going to take a look at you. But I remember feeling so offended that day. She just didn't think I deserved it because if me and that girl were equal or, you know, had the same education and everything else, she should have excelled because basically because she was a white girl. But the thing that she even had the nerve to come up to you and and say say that, not to congratulate You know, and um, after the, it's been done and you have the award, right. so she still had to put a seat in your head to let mm-hmm. you know, I didn't yep. think you deserved it. Well, obviously, if you nominated somebody else, that's how you feel. But you could have kept it to yourself. Exactly. Right. And yeah. obviously, your opinion of what should have, could have, would have happened has nothing didn't to do matter. with what did. So you can step <laughs> right on off. <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. You know, and it it's really it's really a blessing to even just be at this point, mm-hmm. you know, um, even when I say like, you know, I faced adversity in the nursing field, you know, I also faced it at home, you know, and um, trying to get through my master's program. I wanted to go straight through and become an MP. Right. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my journey. I had to wait and take time because I had kids and, you know, I went through a divorce and, you know, all that to say, I never gave up, you know, and, um, and how, what was the driving factor for you to continue on with so many difficulties in a way? Like what kept you on this path? I want it better for myself. And I also, I wanted to, I had this experience where I would walk into the room a lot as a nurse. Um, and, I would have a patient that looked like me and they got so excited. Mm-hmm. I you know, know I do. Like, yes. Me too. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you know, and I also had these experiences where I would watch patients that look like me not be treated appropriately because no one was advocating for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking out. So between that and, you know, wanting better for myself and my children, um, I think those are the things that really motivated me. Like I just wanted to be that face of hope and um, a face of strength for my children because they, they watched me, you know, I got a, I got a 13 year old and she's watching my every move. Mm-hmm. And had I given up and stopped, she might think that's okay when she gets older. You know, yeah. when I was interviewing um, for my current position as a nurse practitioner and they asked me, Hey, why do you want to be a nurse practitioner? What do you bring to the table? And it's unfortunate, but like I had to let them know because I don't think they get it. You know, you know, I sat in a, in a room with a panel of like, I want to say four or five other people, but they were all white. I was the only black person in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I asked them, I said, have you ever walked in your doctor's office and, you know, wondered what your provider was going to look like mm-hmm. or wondered if they were going to advocate for you or felt uncomfortable when you walked in or wondered if they were going to believe that you were in pain or wondered mm-hmm. if, you know, your voice would even be heard. And they said, no, I said, well, I have, and I want to stop that for other people. I want, I just want to be that face that like, you know, if a, if a young black woman comes in, a young black man comes in, I'm going to encourage them because, you know, Hey, there is opportunity and mm-hmm. we do need you here and you do belong here because mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. You know? yes. It's hard um, to uh, be what you don't see. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's very important. Yeah. And, and it's I'm, always already a fear to go to the doctor in right. our community anyway. So to go there and not have someone who looks like you in your like your immediate first contact, at least it, it can also just feel daunting and even more of a fearful situation. It is, yeah. you know, it, it's so wonderful. Cause you know, 
being that I was a nurse first, I have really good um, bedside manner. So I'm Mm -hmm. able to do more really fast with my patients. And, you know, when I do get a patient that looks like me come in and they're like, oh my God, like I got you. Oh, you know, and then they just open up because you, you know, they feel at home with me right when Mm -hmm. I walk in and, you know, then it's easy for me to say, hey, you need these vaccinations or you need this treatment. Or you know what? Your blood pressure is really high and you can't afford not to take your medication mm-hmm. or you can't afford to eat, you know, anything with salt in it. But they listen and they come back and they're like, look, look what I did. You know, my blood pressure is down. I listen to you. And, you know, that right there to see some type of improvement, to see like that I'm able to help and better someone else's life. It, that is rewarding in and of itself. And it's just, you know. I felt like as a nurse, just as a nurse, like I was put there to take care of God's people. Mm -hmm. And now I get to not only, but I was following orders then right now I get to write the orders and help guide people to the right, in in the right direction. So it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful. Um, Quay, why is bringing attention to the hardships of black ambitious women important to you, especially in the healthcare field? I think um, the importance in bringing light to the hardships of Black ambitious women in the healthcare industry is very important because, you know, the way that you're treated impacts your work. And in turn, it impacts patient care. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to, like, meet the needs of the diverse patient population that we serve, we need to have, like reflection of that in the provider pool like you know you need to have people that look like all the patients not just like you know your typical white male or white woman or you know you need representation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I feel like if we talk about the things that black women face at work and what they're going through maybe we'll shed light and people will make changes you know I always thought about um my experience, like when I, when I first started nursing, right. And I think I told you I did home health nursing as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say I worked under a microscope, it was like a high intensity microscope. Like I couldn't breathe or do anything wrong or like deviate or not that I wanted to do anything wrong, but there was no error, no, no room for error for me, Mm -hmm. you know, So like, even when you think about starting an IV or starting um, or giving medications or doing wound care or just doing anything patient care related, I did that. What I felt like um, was the weight of the weight of the world was on my back each time I was going to get injection. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not safe practice. No. You know, and I just don't feel like it's fair. You know, you go to work and you have to face what I call um, the onion, right? <laughs> all these fucking layers and it don't taste good at all. Now, some people like onions, but I don't want to chew on onions all fucking day, right? right. You know what I mean? Your mm-hmm. face will be all frowned up, but that's the shit. You got to keep peeling it and peeling it and peeling it. And some other people that don't look like me get to go straight to work and just give patient care, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the world would be so much safer and medical care would be so much safer if we could eliminate the racism, the institutionalized racism within the field, because it's not just towards the patients, it's towards the providers, towards the nurses, towards the, all the medical staff, you know, Mm -hmm. if you are part of the minority, you are treated as such. And I think that that really needs to change. I think uh, it's interesting, first of all, how the healthcare industry even came Mm -hmm. into what it is today. You know, back in the day, there were so many black doctors and nurses because there was segregation. So you mm-hmm. had to have your own care team. But right. after integration, it came to the point that people, we somehow got weeded out as being the providers in that area. And then the right. control was put into certain hands of people who don't look like us and who are doing such things, such as your nursing teacher, instructor, who are teaching false you know, uh, information to their right. students to make them feel that these particular people are different mm-hmm. with no basis behind it, but different. And like you right. said, that was a dangerous thing to be teaching because not only are you making, uh, it's causing uh, the health disparities to widen as right. we go along. Um, but also when it comes to the black providers, my mother used to be a nurse and she talked about how a lot of the patients said, I don't want that nigger. I don't want that black nurse taking care of me. You're on your deathbed. 
you don't want somebody to take care of you because they're black. So even Listen, because the, the, the trust point, is, was already built in our community and yeah. outside of our community. So it's hard. That's what I'm saying. Working through all those layers is very difficult every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they want to have somebody second guess you like right. the patient have no experience at all. Didn't go to right. school. They do all these hours of clinicals and everything else, but the patient want to say, I don't know if I trust. I don't think they're right. They like this. I just want to tell you the story really mm-hmm. quick. Please. I went to see um, a patient to start, um, I don't know, with some IV medication. It might've been like IV antibiotics, I believe. And the patient got out of the hospital. I, I stroll up in her home, up, up to their house and it's in a nice area. And I get there, but you know, you see my hair. Mm-hmm. See my locks, right? Beautiful. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I got there, I wasn't just black. I was like blackity black, black. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she she too black for me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, oh, um, are you sure you're a nurse? That's how the conversation starts. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you <laughs> ask that? Why am I just showing up at your house out of nowhere right. in the uniform in my employee, I mean employer right. car right. with my credentials, with my badge? Why am I just showing up? Right. And that's and the first a thing husband to ask. and a wife. And the husband wants to care, but the wife is, I mean, when I say she is grilling me and drilling me with questions, it was ridiculous. So um, where'd you go to school? So did you graduate from there? So you are you like a you sure you're not a nursing assistant? And that's what wow. I was going for. I was like, she probably was like, you should be a STNA yeah. or a CNA, not mm-hmm. a nurse. Right. I was like, so I replied, I said, um, I didn't have to answer. But I went back through every degree I had. You know what she told me? Oh, I'm impressed. And she probably that got a high school diploma. Impre- like, for you to be impressed. <laughs> GED. Just, oh my goodness. You know, the audacity. Caucasity. These are the things that I would face like all the time. I even, yeah. uh, when I was doing home health, like I was overqualified, you know, because I, I had my master's and I had my MBA. So mm-hmm. I could have easily had a management position. But my my supervisors, the clinical managers, they will always come to me like, we bring your name to the table for these other roles. And we don't understand why they won't even like acknowledge you. I know why, right? I know why, but they didn't know why. Mm. Um, and I had this wonderful supervisor and she was, she, she, she was just like pleading for me all the time. And she was like, you know, none of the other managers even have a bachelor's. What? You wow. hear me? Right. <laughs> They don't okay. even have a bachelor's degree. They just have their RN license and that's it. And they and will said, not promote you. They would not promote me. Listen, I, I had, um, there was an opportunity for me to become a wound care consultant. I um, applied and I was overqualified, more qualified than everyone else there. When I got to my interview, um, <laughs> the nursing director, she was like, you know, um, I was looking at your numbers. And I feel like, you know, you turn your paperwork in on time, but it looks like your score is like point one off. Point one? Yes, 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 yes. I really? remember. I, no, no, I kid you not. She said it, it has to be like um, under two and it's like 2.1 or it's under one and it's 1.1, you know, something like that. Get out and, of here. No, That's no, what you're going to focus on? But, the, but when she said that, I knew at that point, I knew who else who had, who had applied to the job. And I was I was just like, oh, I know that she's not more qualified than me. I know the other girl started the same day as me and she's not she doesn't have the same qualifications. But I knew the only qualification that they needed was the other skin color. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't get it till the second time around. You know what I mean? But the thing is with this, you know, facing adversity in the workforce as a black woman, you got to just keep trying. And when they tell, you no, you kick that fucking door down. Like I I just came back and I, you know what? I knew that it was just a stop for me there. Like, you know what I mean? It's okay. You can keep telling me no all you want. You can keep telling me I can't have it. But you know what I learned with nursing, right? Once you have your RN, you have your license, that license belongs to you and no one can take it away from you. Mm -hmm. Right. And the same thing would be an MP. Like you got to work for that shit. And when you get it, that's yours. It belongs to you. So as as much as they want to say that is the black MP, I am still a certified registered nurse practitioner, whether you like it or not. And I'm qualified. I'm I'm more than qualified. You know what I mean? And um, 
I just want to encourage anyone who is trying to, you know, achieve that goal or any goal. Like when someone tells you no, fuck them. You keep it yes. moving and you march forward because people gonna tell you no all fucking day. Yeah. Right. And um, it's up to you whether you listen or not. Because your yes. story is for you, your journey is for you, and whatever your dream is, if you're going to follow it, <laughs> I mean, I say see it through. You know, yeah. if you put the work in, you will be fruitful. Woohoo! Yeah. Clap it up for that. Drop, 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 drop. Oh, goodness. But on that note, we are going to go to a commercial. And when we're going to come back, we're going to discuss how this adversity truly does impact ambitious Black woman. So you say I've been seeing all types of people with all types of things to say on social media. I don't know why they keep playing. They need to just join Buzzsprout. Yeah, joining Buzzsprout just like we did will allow you to not only get your messages outside of just social media, but to the entire world. You get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. Yes, just click on the link in the show notes, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash, and that will qualify you for a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. All you need is a quiet space and the right equipment to get your message out to the world. Use that $20 to get you a good microphone and some headphones and you will be all set. Yeah, you'll be all set because guess what? At Buzzsprout, you get a team of people who are passionate about helping you succeed. They are really quick to respond back if you have any questions questions or you just need a little helping hand just to get to the next step go ahead click on the link fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash it not only helps us here at full-time black woman but we are able to actually get you the push that you need to move forward right so get your message out to the world on all the major platforms every, every Apple. platform every every every, every, every platform, every, every platform. Buzzsprout, hey. buzzsprout buzzsprout what? <laughs> I think that's it. That's all you need to know. Every platform. Boom. It's like the link in the show notes. Yes. You will not regret it. Believe me. Baby, baby, baby. And we're back. All right. So let's get into the four ways adversity impacts ambitious black women. And these might be triggering. Some of us might have felt these at some point in time or another, but bear with us because we, we're going to tackle it. We're going to talk about it because it deserves to have a spotlight because we need to bring light to these situations. So the first way, the pressure to be perfect at all times. Um, there is no room for error, no room for mistake. There is no room to be mediocre. There's no such thing as mediocrity as a black woman in any space. So you always have to come with 110% to be seen as less than that is not to be seen at all. So there is always a spotlight and a pressure to be perfect time and time again, which can lead to burnout. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to so many other things. I mean, the the pressure is unreal. Quay, how did you handle that pressure, if at all? Did you have it? Was it a part of the process? Absolutely. What happened? Absolutely. The pressure is real. There is no room for error. Like you be, need to be on your P's and Q's. Like I'll talk about being a nurse and then a nurse practitioner, right? So being a nurse, I couldn't make an error. I had to know what I was talking about. I couldn't, the same way in which I thought like, which I felt like other people could go and ask questions. I felt like it was frowned upon mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like if How I, I asked supposed to learn? Questions, right. I was inadequate and I was not worthy of the position. Oh, did you hear what she asked? You know, it it was a struggle. So I did a lot of research by myself. And I think it's very important for anyone facing that that struggle of perfectionism. That is like a like a a weight that we carry that does cause stress and does cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it, it impacts your health. And unfortunately, that burden has not been lifted yet. I can't mm-hmm. sit here and be like, you know what? <laughs> you don't have to be perfect. But you have to be close to when you're a black woman, like Mm -hmm. no excuses are going to be made for you. There's not going to be any leeway given to you. It's unfortunate, especially not in the medical field. Like no one's cutting you a break because they think they already gave you a break by letting you be there in the first place. Girl. Yes. Yes. Speak on that part right there. um, I remember 
when I, my most recent experience prior to um, being a nurse practitioner was doing a home health as a wound care consultant. And I remember there was another black nurse and um, she made a mistake, right? She made a mistake and everybody makes mistakes here and there, right? But her mistake was when I say blown out of proportion, like it was just like, that's like, spotlight. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> listen, but when she made the mistake, I remember going to do a supervision with my boss at the time and she looked at me and she said, Hey, Ayana. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. just like you did, because that's not my name. You don't know mm-hmm. my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, because I was asking her about um, my on-call weekend. I was like, oh, I'm on call this weekend. She's like, no, you're not, Ayana. Wow. And I was like, down on it. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Kim, that is not my name, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, it is. it is. I see your name right Oh my here. gosh. She's right? going to <laughs> argue with you, you about your... <laughs> right. I'm sorry. And um, <laughs> I sat there and I was just like... I was so offended and I was like, wow, like, cause you don't want to believe it's true. Cause you hear that saying where people are like, you know, oh, they think all black people look alike. Now, but can she I- argue with you. She That's the part. About my name. Yeah. And I had been there longer. And at that point I knew, <laughs> I knew that my mistake or any other black woman's mistake was every black woman's mistake. Yeah. And oh, that, uh, my yeah. goodness. That transition us into the next point of how you know adversity impacts ambitious black women mm-hmm. it is you represent all everybody black people and that's the reason why we feel that way right not only do we get that pressure from our parents or even going to school you got to work twice as hard to just get right. a, a little bit ahead and everything else you feel that pressure when you are one of few or the only to represent your entire race no one else feels like that exactly. right in the world but no imagine, imagine feeling like that and still being responsible for someone's life Mm-hmm. I know that, yeah. that that's a pressure that I could not imagine. Yeah, that's next level. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like a dragon breathing down your neck. Like, you better get that shit together. You better not fuck up. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> right. You know? but, <laughs> but can we finish the story after she told you that was oh, your name? Oh, yeah. yes. But I mean, Kobe. Yes, yes. yes. So I said to her, I said, Kim, my name is Quaylen, and I worked here way longer than Ayana. I said, and I asked her, I said, do you feel like we look alike or something? And she said, no, I'm so sorry. She did something really horrible today. And that's all I can see right now. <gasps> what? Oh my gosh. It gets worse. <laughs> Kim, damn. Oh my goodness. Damn, Kim. Right. But like, Get it together. Like, not only that, it like, I would be responsible for other people's mistakes. Like, there was another patient. I remember um, a patient had a port a port for chemotherapy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and there was this other nurse, her name was Kathy or, or, or something like Kate, Katie or Ka- something. It started with a K mm-hmm. and my name mm-hmm. starts with a K and that's all the fuck they needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Goodness. But, but Katie was a white girl, <laughs> right? Kate, Kate, that's what it was. It didn't have an E at the end. It was Kate. And Kate was a white girl and she had went to see the patient. The patient had called and complained and said, when that nurse got here, she didn't know how to access my port. And the port had got infected and they were requesting a new nurse and blah, 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 blah. And they, someone had called me and asked me to take over the case. I said, sure. But then come Monday, I get a call from my supervisor saying, hey, this patient was complaining about how you accessed um, their port and now their port's and it's infected and the other, other hospital oh system is gosh. calling, asking about, like, what did you do? And I, and I was just blown because I accepted the case. A lot of times they would get me to go in after another nurse had been in there and a patient didn't like them. Because, and mm-hmm. clean up their mess, the clean right. up woman. But they, they wanted to clean, use me. As the rag to clean up the mess, you know, yeah, you know, right. yeah. on me, and you know, thank God for computer systems. I, I was like, I've never even seen a patient yet. I, I haven't even been in the house. You think I got an apology? They See? removed that nurse yeah, from the case. They removed the nurse from the case, promoted her, and just sent me in. Good grief! 
and they were so quick to try to put it on your record. Right. right. To blame me, but no apology after that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she promoted after that? That's scary. Absolutely. Right. But this, but, I, but I've watched this happen time and time again. That's what I'm saying. How do you continue to advance throughout this, though? Like, but you know what this else could I break want? somebody. This can make somebody have it, a it true can. breakdown. Yeah. And I, I also no explanation. want to give you, like, some information. Like, I remember having my first Black nursing boss right and i thought to me i thought to myself i was so excited i had got this position as a unit director right and i was like yes and the director of nursing is black and when i tell you i met satan or satan spawn no you didn't like you know another part of the adversity that black nurses face is other black nurses You know, and and it's sad because, you know, you want that camaraderie, that friendship, that mentor. And, you know, you walk in, you don't know. It's like a 50 50 shot as to whether or not you're going to get that or you're going to get that nurse who is like, please don't associate me with the other black nurse. I'm a good black nurse. Oh, wow. You know, they figure out how you work, you know, because they they have already made their place, their safe place, you Mm -hmm. know. In that, that toxic community. auntie situation. Right. Auntie, right? And um, I was just like, when I say that was the worst experience of my life, it just made me very weary. And I had that happen at a couple different places, you know? And it, it, and it's just, it's just so sad because there's so few of us out here that mm-hmm. we need to band together. You know, it's just a scary place to be. Like, you know, because you, you think you're like, oh, I see a familiar face. And it's like, uh-uh. I'm not here from the same tribe. <laughs> yeah, up same. Now. But it's just like when you have patients who are so mm-hmm. excited to have you as a black woman as their provider, right. that barrier is broken down instantly right. and they feel like they could relate and you're going right. to advocate for them. So going to see a black woman who's in a higher position as the director of nursing, you expect once again, that barrier to be broken and it should right. be some type of, right. no, not is it is it ever a situation where it's like this person is being extra hard because they want to to be better because they know what it takes to be there or is it just well I am in the safe space I'm safe zone like you said I don't want to be associated different type of women right when it comes to that like when you come when you think about toxic aunties like you have the toxic ones who are like you know what I don't like you because I'm old and you're young and cute right Mm. you got those ones and then you have the ones where it's like you know. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't associate yourself with me yet because I don't know how you work, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to be. I'm the token. You can't come in here and take yeah. my place, right? Yeah, we're we're right. Talk about that. So, um, and then then there's me and and the other ones who want to just embrace you, like you know, because every time I swear to God, like every time I see a patient, and don't let it be a black patient, and they tell me they're in nursing school, like my whole soul just gets. Oh, I get so fucking excited. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, Uh this is why I'm here. Like, I am here for you to encourage you. And you need to come here and we're going to work together. All right. So that kind of segues great into the next tip. You talked about how you kind of light up when you meet a patient who wants to be a nurse and things like that. But the environment that you're in can often cause uh, some people to expect you to dim that same light, the light that is within you that makes you excited about the job, that makes you excited to do what you do, the light that is within you because you are excellent at what you do. They constantly try to beat you down to make that light dim, to make them feel better. So how do you handle that? So you know what? I will say initially that was very challenging for me. And I had a lot of like stress, anxiety, depression from work a lot. Mm. And I would call my friends probably in tears and just upset about the shit I would go through all the time. But I think I told you guys this before, like after a while, you just stop giving a fuck. Right. Mm. You know, and I live in my full blackness every day. Right. And and I I love it. I fucking love it. You know, and this is the motto I live by. And I tell my patients this. I told I tell them that God gave them two middle fucking fingers. <laughs> I tell them 
<laughs> Straight up. They come in there stressed out because they smile just like you did, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like, huh? I said, God gave you two metal fingers. You know what they're for? They're like, what? I said, they represent the two fucks you can give every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The first one is about yourself. And the second one, you know, it's optional for orgasm or something else that you care about. Oh, my. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> that is so, hilarious. Everything else, you know, life is too short to give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about you. Mm-hmm. And if you are living in your purpose, that is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't make everybody happy. I can't make I can't even make all the patients happy, but I just go in there and do what I believe is best. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which is extremely <laughs> important. And, you know, a lot of women, not just in the nursing field, but in mm-hmm. any professional black woman, they have gotten to the point where mentally you feel isolated in your work environment because you're treated differently. And- Sometimes you have physical barriers that yes. chip away at your self-esteem, you know, but- so. How did you deal with the fact that you were always constantly put in a box? Listen. Or maybe even, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was put in a box quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But um, I think just like any living creature, right? You either decide to die at that moment or you decide to get out that fucking box, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Period. So, when I seen somebody put me in a box telling me I couldn't advance, I couldn't move. This is, this was it for me. You have reached your limit. Yeah. You're yeah. selling as well. I said, oh, oh, okay. Well then my time is exhausted here. It's time for something else. So I look for other avenues to advance myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you speak about the other black women who you notice drop out? I know you mentioned in the beginning of your class at Shady Side, there were four black nurse um, nurses, Three. but only, Oh, okay. There are three. Okay. Um, three. I want to say there may have been one more. I thought you mentioned there were three others, but only two. No, no, no. Graduated. Three total. Three total. Oh, okay. Three total. Um, I met another lady. I thought that she was a white woman, though. So I'm not sure. But she said, you know, you know how <laughs> the U.S. goes, right? Mm-hmm. One drop. <laughs> you are black. She said, yeah. so I, I would say like there's four black women. Um, one dropped out. And I remember when she disappeared from class because they didn't make it easy for anybody mm-hmm. and especially not for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, whereas we could have been together in classes. They split us up in clinical. Mm. That was oh, intentional. Wow. Like the same way. Yes. The same way. And you can ask any other black nurse and I'm sure they'll vouch for me when you work on a floor. If there's more than like a couple black people, they don't want y'all on the same shift. That is a shame because everyone right. feels that way. It's still like the slave time. They don't yeah. want you to. Not all together. Like, I even remember when I worked for this home health company and I had brought a friend on. Actually, the friend I went to nursing school with her, it was one of the other, the other black nurse who graduated with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she had faced so much adversity when she came. And I told her when she came, I said, come. I worked at a different office. I was like, come out to the Monroeville office. You know, I think it was a little more friendly to us. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know where you're not welcome. You know what I mean? I knew that if I was at this other office, it wasn't going to be easy because every black nurse that worked over there, they were gone. Mm -hmm. Except for, except for one. Unless you like met the mold or you could pass, you, you passed the brown paper bag test. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, way past it. And they weren't sure. They're like, is she, or is she Mm -hmm. not? Like you weren't laughing over there. And you know, like me, her hair was natural. She had her fro. I mean, when I say face diversity, she came in. I remember I did her hair one night. She went to work the next day. Her boss said, oh, looks like you got your hair done. She's like, oh, you know, I don't really worry about it too much. My friend did it for me. She's like, yeah, I know you're really low maintenance. Hmm. Oh, excuse okay. me. That right, sounds right, right. shady and crappy as hell. All right. Right. But like, nonetheless, the ones who gave up, I still try to encourage mm-hmm. because it's not to be taken lightly to be uh, a black woman, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing. To, yeah. There's nothing about that that's easy. And there's nothing about, nothing easy about being a black nurse, right? Nothing easy about just being in this profession at all. So those who have quit, I call and check on. Mm-hmm. 
And I say, hey, you know, that same friend, she had started a bachelor's program, but she thought it was too much. And recently, just to add to the testimony, I graduated from my, you know, my MP program. And I talked to her. She's like, hey, I'm thinking about going back to school. So what you going back to school for? She's like, I think I want to be a nurse practitioner now. Wow. wow. See, right? Yes. But, you know, throughout the years, um, when she quit that program, I never said, you know, you're a quitter. You're this. When you're ready, I got you. And that's what yeah. I tell everybody. But there's another um, black nurse at the place I'm working now. And when I, I was there as a student and um, when I got there and I got hired, she was like, hey, Quay. she was always nice to me. And she's like, I'm thinking about going to school. And I said, oh, you're thinking about it? No, you're going, right? Uh-huh, because somebody right. always needs that extra push. Yeah, I said, when you yeah. go, I got you. Mm-hmm. I said, what you mean? I said, whatever you need to study, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. I said, whatever you don't understand, I got you. I said, and, and quite frankly, I just finished. So whatever you're about to need to study or what you need to know for your exam, you know, I can help you, you know, narrow down your studies, you know, because, a lot of the times, I don't think we have that cutting edge adva- no. advantage. Right. You know what I mean? no. like, mm-hmm. Somebody else always got a friend to let them know what's really going on, what's really good, what you really need to focus on. Or For family me, members, parents, something. generations yep. of it and stuff. Right, they have a right. but we don't always have that. You know no, what I mean? I want to be that. Mm-hmm. be that for somebody. I want to be like, you know what? You can come to me. Mm-hmm. And it's safe. I'm not going to make you feel stupid. I'm mm-hmm. not going to belittle you. Like, I got you. It, it it feels so nice for someone just to have your back. Yeah, and I think absolutely. That's just what we need. We just need sometimes for somebody to have our back. Because the struggle's real. The burden that we carry is so, like, crazy every day, you know? That we don't all have to be going through it as individuals. You right. can have exactly. a support system right. to help take off some of that weight off your back. Yeah, exactly. And help you excel. So yes, that's very important. It is so important. You have to have that in in every aspect. There has to be that camaraderie, that connection. Because, like y'all said, we we don't have it typically. We're we're trying to do it by ourselves for ourselves, and and that's great. But at the same time, you get burnt out. You get tired. There's going to be moments where you hit a wall. There's going to be moments where you just don't know, and you do need a friend or some type of support. Just somebody up there that. That's reaching back to pull and you somebody through. Doesn't want something from you. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? That makes the difference. Somebody does. Does, like, different. I just want to pour into your spirit. Like, you know what I mean? Just I let just, me do that. Can I give you some golden right. wings? You right. want these golden wings? I got some. Yes. Yeah. So th- that's the magical part. And that's the rewarding part for me now. Like, I'm in a place where I can pour because, like, for me, um, getting through this program and getting to where I am now, it was, it's more than just like an educational journey or like a career thing. It was like a spiritual journey for me. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, like God restoring me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> when I tell you I had every reason to quit going through mm-hmm. my first practitioner program, I promise you that was the case. Like it, Listen, <laughs> divorce, death, everything happened all at once. Single parenting. Like I got hurt in an accident. I, you know, I end up not working at that job. It was when I say everything that could have happened, happened, but God still had me like it was magical. So when mm-hmm. you face adversity, just know like our ancestors, our creator, <laughs> when you ask me what motivated me, it was just God carrying me. Beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because, um, I didn't have enough. <laughs> I promise mm-hmm. you. I, my, my, I was on E. I was running on fumes trying to finish this program, trying to work and working through pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, mental pain, like, you know, just trying to get here. And it's just, when I say it's such a blessing, it's, it, it's so nice to know that like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you I mean? want that light for a lot of people. You know, Absolutely. you're the light that they can see, touch, feel, speak to, you know, mm-hmm. so that's extremely important. So yeah. thank you, first of all, for being that beacon of hope. I was just so- about to say that you read uh-huh. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, Quay, could you by chance, because you've dropped a lot of gems, you've, you've given so much 
and you've, you've given so much gems and everything, but can you give one last piece of advice to share with the audience? What would that be? What would you say to the audience? When facing adversity as a black woman, right? That's just part of the journey, right? So that's mm-hmm. something that you're going to have to accept because, you know, I mean, who wouldn't be upset when a queen walks in the building? Oh, right? oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> you're always going to face something. Someone's always going to look at you sideways, sad eye you, you know, talk some shit. That's cool. But remember that your journey is for you. This may be part of the journey, but it's not the end of your journey. So if you face that adversity, kick its ass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kick yes. its ass. Y'all heard it here from yes. Quay. <laughs> kick adversity in his adversity ass. <laughs> Point not blank. Store, keep it moving. Keep it pushing. You got this shit. Yes. You are, you yes. are worthy. You're smart enough. You're strong enough. And you deserve it. You belong in those spaces. Exactly. You belong in those spaces. And if anyone tells you otherwise, it's because they see, they see your royalty. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're trying to make you not see it. Yes. That's right. You belong. You deserve. You You are worthy. You are magical. You are powerful. You are a queen, a beautiful black queen. And you you got that black girl magic. Black girl magic. Black girl magic. Black girl magic. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. Okay, Quay, this brings us to our last question. Um, You answered this before when you were on our um, show as a guest through College Grad Marriage Dropout Podcast. But with this particular uh, topic, what does it mean to you to be a full-time Black woman? Embracing my Blackness and my beauty in every aspect of my life. I'm in my prime right now. So I am just, ooh, like, oh shit. <laughs> this Blackness is just like, oh my goodness. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That is wonderful. Thank you so much, Quay, for being <laughs> yes. on our show. We so do appreciate you Uh, just sharing your story. Like I'm serious. You don't understand how relatable and how powerful your message has been to someone that you probably will never meet in your life, but they're listening. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So one more round of applause for Quay. Thank you so, so very much. Uh, We definitely hope you all caught all the gems, all the goodness, all of the vibes, all of the affirmations. This was an uplifting episode, one that has brought us through and we hope that it will bring you through. So make sure you save it. Listen to it one more time. If you loved it, slide in the DMs. Let us know that we need to bring Quay back because she was amazing. Yes, yes. So, Quay, let us know where um, and let the audience know where they can find you at so that they can talk to you a little bit more about nursing, fighting adversity and all the things. Well, you can find me on College Grad Marriage Dropout on Instagram. Um, You can also find me at Central Outreach Wellness Center if you need a new provider. I am a nurse practitioner and I focus on um, care for the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, I focus on HIV, Hep C, HRT management, and just primary care. And I love my people. So however I can help you, I am here to serve. Now, where is this located? Oh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okie dokie. So if you're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, (laughs) definitely go check out Quay, where she is not only going to be there to give you the information that you need, but advocate you and uplift you at the same time who doesn't want that in their provider hello yes (laughs) highly educated can never be duplicated miss clay yes so with that that brings us to the end of another episode we hope that you enjoyed it we hope that you felt this in your spirit (laughs) and remember we are here for you full time from coffee to wine and play your power (laughs) wait mention that again Definitely the wine part. (laughs) (laughs) And play your power perfectly. Peace. Bye. Thanks for joining us. 
Full-Time Black Woman is created, recorded, and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time Black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. If you have questions or want to add to today's topic, send us an email to contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fulltime Black Woman and on Twitter at FT Black Woman. <laughs>